You cannot change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction overnight. Jim Rohn. Welcome to the Managing Editor Show. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Jess. And every Tuesday morning, we jump into your earbuds to talk the down and dirty on all things writing, editing, and content. From the perspective of the guardians of the publishing galaxy, the folks who approve your submissions and make your words not suck. <laughs> this week, we are super excited to have Kate Erickson, the engager, implementer, and content wrangler over at Entrepreneur and Fire in the first of our monthly bonus episodes. Yes, we're so excited. And as a reminder, for those of you who haven't listened to our to our show yet, each month we offer a bonus episode to our regular content. And, you know, we're not trying to trick you. There's no opt-in, no purchase, no bullshit internet marketing tricks to get the episode. We just publish it the last Tuesday of the month, right after our regularly scheduled episode. More podcasts for you. So the other thing with bonus episodes is we jump right in because let's be real, we're here to talk to the guest and I'm going to tell you just a little bit about her. I've known Kate Erickson for a long while now, both of us being girls who have clocked some serious working time in downtown Portland, Maine. We both worked in writing and media, you silly, silly puppies out there. For those of you who don't know who Kate is, she is one half of the brilliant mastermind that is Entrepreneur on Fire. Her partner in life and business, John Lee Dumas, created the Daily Podcast in September of 2012, also a content machine and educational community that yields Kate and John six figures a month in profit alone. While John is the force behind much of the recording, production, and marketing for their Cornerstone podcast, Kate is often working behind the scenes to implement and organize all the other content and writing that goes into their business. This includes creating posts and podcasts, working with occasional guest posters and regular contributors, negotiating sponsorships and ad copy, overseeing the marketing and communication teams, running their communities and courses, and somehow in all of that, she also finds time to do all of the other behind the scenes daily details that make a huge success. So that's our fancy bio for you, Miss Kate. Do you have anything to add? Um, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you Sorry are for making it sound like you're a working girl. Downtown. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's okay. I like it. No, um, I'm just super honored to be here. Alyssa and Jess, thank you so much for this podcast. And thanks to everyone who's tuning in today. I'm really excited to dive into everything. And I feel like you really wrapped that very, very well. And now that you called me a wrangler, I think I'm going to use that moving <laughs> forward always. <laughs> I, I think it's an excellent uh, that or like content cat herder is pretty much. <laughs> we could that. use that in certain situations. <laughs> <laughs> so for folks who maybe aren't aware, you know, like the five people listening to this podcast who don't listen to any other <laughs> podcasts out there because it is such a big deal in this genre. Can you explain a little bit more about what Entrepreneur on Fire is and does? Absolutely. So Entrepreneur on Fire is a daily podcast. We produce it. We'll, we go live seven days a week. 
Um, John Lee Dumas, my partner, who you mentioned in the intro, Alyssa, launched this podcast in September 2012. And it's the goal of the podcast is every single day, it's an interview with an inspiring and successful entrepreneur. Our audience is entrepreneurs, so people who are working towards becoming entrepreneurs, or typically just entrepreneurs who are getting started out. So us having an interview with these inspiring and successful entrepreneurs and sharing their journey, um, what uh, failures they've had, the aha moments they've had, and how they've turned those moments into successful businesses, biggest lessons learned from them. Um, we really try and tell a story through each and every interview to help our audience on their journey. So that's kind of EO fire in a nutshell. So first things first, because I get asked this all the time, um, I have the distinction of being episode 007 of Entrepreneur on Fire, yes, um, which is a badge I proudly wear, not only because I got to be on Entrepreneur on Fire, but because I'm episode 007. <laughs> so my question for you to start is, how does one get onto Entrepreneur on Fire or do they get past that kind of gatekeeper? So um, I think a lot of it starts with if you're reaching out to podcasters or bloggers to do guest appearances, guest posts, I love this formula of identifying, number one, figuring out which podcasts or blogs that you would actually be a good fit for. Because if you can't pitch yourself to that person as somebody who can add value to their audience, then there's not really any reason for them to say yes. And I'm going to speak in general terms, but this goes for EO Fire as well. Um, so I, identifying those people, first of all, then doing some research and figuring out like, okay, if my expertise or my niche or my genre is um, marketing, like my specialty is putting together marketing plans of the people that you've identified or the podcast that you've identified, like, have they recently come out with any content surrounding that? How is it that they release their content? Kind of think about, are their episodes really straightforward interviews where they ask the same questions every single time? Or um, are they long form, just conversational? You know, do your research so that when you're reaching out to these people, it's not like, I clearly just found you on Google search right now and you ranked really high. So I'd really like to be on your podcast. Like those requests are really obvious. And then of course you want to kind of plan this out. I mean, what is it that you can add that's going to be of value to this person? Um, making a plan before you reach out to the person so that you have that research in your pocket so that you can say like, hey, John, you know, I am a marketing professional. I help people put together marketing and launch plans for product launches. I noticed that on your blog, you guys do a lot of content around kind of preparing for launches and stuff. What I would love to provide to your audience is the five steps that everybody needs to have the best marketing plan for their next launch. Like, would that be of interest to you? And if you've identified, done your research and pitched properly, the answer is going to be yes. Now, that's like a general overview process of how I would advise somebody approach any type of like guest or podcasting opportunity. But I will tell you today at EO Fire, we receive over 100 inbound requests every single month for people to be on the podcast. And of course, there's only 30 days in the month. 
Um, so we've kind of been refining this process literally over the past four years. I mean, we keep tweaking it and improving it based on the people who are coming in, based on the feedback that we get from our audience, based on the systems and processes we have. So today we have an application process that, that people go through. And the most recent ad that we did is we have people submit a video so that we can actually see them on camera, we can hear their voice, and we ask them to tell us a story because that's so important to us that we're telling a story. That's how people grasp ideas. That's how people connect to others. So we really like to focus on the storytelling aspect. So now that we have that application process in place, that helps us determine who's going to come on and who's not. I love that, Kate. And I love that you just mentioned story again, because I was thinking about what you said earlier with Entrepreneur on Fire and how you're helping entrepreneurs tell their story, but you're also, you also have this storyline throughout your whole content projects from the blog to the podcast, the emails and everything else. How did you, I guess, start to determine what the Entrepreneur on Fire story was going to be? And how do you maintain that thread or, or does it change over time? And do you have any advice for other people who are you know, developing their own voice and their own stories and their own sites? Yeah, that's a really intriguing question. And I think that for us, it's been a lot of just talking to people and sharing what it is that we've been through and sharing the journey that we've been on. And that has certainly, you know, changed a little bit over time. It's certainly improved over time. But a huge piece of that is feedback. If I tell people that John launched EO Fire in September 2012 from, you know, the studio in his apartment in Portland, Maine, that's probably not really going to like get people super excited. And, and I can see that or hear that in the way that people talk back or the way that people might be looking when I tell them this story. But if I tell them that John launched Entrepreneur on Fire in September 2012, because it was a pain point that he had that when he was driving to and from appointments at his commercial real estate job, spending hours in the car and not having any like inspiring or motivational content to listen to because the radio just spews grossness a lot of the time. And that that's why he launched Entrepreneur on Fire. Like then I start to get reactions from people. And then I see that this is resonating with people. I start to hear from our audience, like, oh my gosh, that sounds just like me. I spend a lot of, the, of my time in the car too. And I love listening to podcasts, but you know, there's not enough content or I really, really love this show, but they only produce a podcast once per week. So all of this talking about our journey and sharing with other people and being something that John and I are really passionate about is how transparent we are about everything in our business. And through sharing that with our audience and through listening and uh, looking for those cues, you know, you start to see what really resonates with people. And so I think it's been a combination of basically just sharing everything and then really looking for that feedback and, and letting Fire Nation, which is what we refer to our audience as, is Fire Nation, letting them give us that feedback and see what really resonates with them. Because at the end of the day, if your story isn't resonating with your audience, then there's not going to be that connection. I totally agree. And I love that you welcome that and embrace that and are willing to be vulnerable enough to hear from your audience not only what they love 
about what you're doing, but maybe what's not quite right. And that you don't have so much of an ego (laughs) that you're not willing to take it and actually implement it. I mean, so many writers, especially, you know, writers, artists, creative people, a lot of them are so, maybe they're just not, not willing to admit that that what they're doing isn't perfect. So they, instead of listening, they choose to just shut themselves off Mm. and keep going in the direction they're going, even if it's not resonating well. So I love that you've embraced that and opened your yourselves and your business up to that feedback because it's clearly made a positive impact in what you're doing. This is something that I've just been curious about for a while now. And now that I have you on the show, I get to ask, Um, And at the risk of kind of not putting your dinner conversation in jeopardy this evening, I have to know. So I know that John, you know, records and produces and does probably a lot of to most of the work for EO Fire podcast. Mm -hmm. But I also know that you are, your job is there to string that story along and to make sure that all the parts are cohesive and working together. And I know that you guys have a great collaborative kind of relationship, but how is it giving feedback and having him as just as just talking about, like have to internalize, you know, that stuff and step back and say, my girlfriend isn't telling me that I'm bad. It's actually, you know, my content manager is giving me advice (laughs) to make the show better. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's super interesting. So John and I have updated the EO Fire flow many, many times. And for anyone who listens to EO Fire, you know that we ask the same exact questions every single time and we let the guest story really take the lead. Those questions have changed over time, though. You know, we've switched some of them out. We've added some. uh, We've totally deleted some of them. I think part of it is like, you know, hey, it's kind of been a while since we've switched it up. And even though I think our listeners, well, I know our listeners love that regularity and that they know exactly what's going to be asked. I also think that it's pretty cool to mix it up every once in a while. So, you know, Joan and I are super open with communication. Uh, I think it helps a lot that we do have a personal relationship because I can't even imagine being a business partner and not really like having full grasp of what that person's emotional reaction is going to be. (laughs) Um, But I feel like John and I know one another so well that we kind of we know how to say those maybe a little more tough things to say to each other. We kind of know how to work them. But, you know, both of us agreed in the very beginning, um, this is only going to work if we're super open and totally honest with, with each other. So when we ask one another for feedback, we know that we owe it to one another to be super open and honest about that. And, you know, there have definitely been conversations where at the end we're like, you know, kind of making up a little bit because like feelings do get hurt. We're humans, right? right? Um, But, you know, we we take it in stride and we understand that both of us are in this, you know, in the business for the business and that we want to do what's best for the business. So that's really interesting because one of the things we talk about a lot is relationships and being able to 
treat the the editor that you're working with or the writer or the um you know the podcaster that you're working with with some some level of respect and with some level of humanity I guess I'll say <laughs> because you know we get these people all the time who are like you know you must respond to my request immediately and it's like well you wouldn't would you say that to your significant other would you say that to your friend and so it's a really interesting perspective that you have and i wonder do you do you feel like you can use some of those skills that you use with your your significant other and with your uh, with a close p- partner i would say in other situations can you use some of those tactics with you know, the potential guests that you're getting or potential writers or anyone else that you work with? You know, I think it's really important to have um, the relationship and the foundation at the forefront because we're busy. Our businesses are crazy. We have a billion things going on all the time. And it might seem like right now in this moment that I need to talk to my editor right now, or I have to have this content published tomorrow. But if you take a step back, number one, and look at like the world around you, do you really right like right now it has to happen? Like probably not. So I encourage people to practice patience, first of all. Entrepreneurship, business, writing, content, publishing, growing an audience, monetizing a business is about patience. So just take a step back and have a little bit of patience and really think about the situation you're in. John and I do that with each other a lot. Number two would be, I do think that you can use those types of communications and you know the example that I just gave for myself and John in any situation, if you do what I said before, put the relationship at the forefront. You are not just like hiring to your point, Jess, like this robot on the other side of the computer. It is a person who is helping you in your business, who, you know, you want them to care about your business and what it is that they're doing. So why would you not take a little bit of time to build a relationship with that person before you start barking orders or having these crazy expectations of them? Exactly. Oh, so good. So good. Uh, So... With the kind of people that you're working with, Kate, because I exhausted myself trying to list out everything that you do on a regular (laughs) basis when I read your bio, I honestly do not understand how you live in that space, if I can't even (laughs) say it all. (laughs) But you, you do do a lot of things for Entrepreneur on Fire because the business isn't, of course, just uh, that one podcast. How do you find that you have to like work with different people on all of these different parts because i think that's another thing that you know these people are trying to get on as guests or maybe submit blog posts to you or different things like that don't realize that a a content wrangler if you will has Mm -hmm. a lot of different things that they need to be doing at any given time yeah you know i think managing that is about i'm luckily very obsessed with (laughs) systems and planning and having calendars everywhere and writing everything down and having sticky notes and all these things and i think that for me that's what helps me um, keep those conversations straight and accomplish as much as i do I owe a huge part of that success to the partners that we have because when we go out and hire someone to help us in our business, 
we don't hire somebody who's kind of good at a lot of things. We hire somebody who's good at exactly what we're looking for. So who I work with on our social media is not the same person that I work with on our, you know, blog stuff. And who I work with on our sponsorships is not the same person that I work with on our email campaigns. So I think that recognizing your own strengths, first of all, and being able to admit your weaknesses is going to help you a lot in terms of finding the right person to partner up with, whether that be an editor or a content creator or a content manager, um, really understanding the exact role that they're going to play. Because when everybody knows what their job is and everybody is on board with that, then that's when you get to start creating systems that help you accomplish more than the average person. I love that this has turned into like a relationships and productivity episode <laughs> because I'm obsessed with both of those things. Um, I feel like this is a really good segue into you telling us a little bit about what your favorite system or tool is that you have been working with lately. Okay, Jess, I feel like you and I are like sisters from another mother because I I will geek out on this stuff all day long. Um, and it was really, really hard for me to just come up with like one system or tool that I can't live without because there are a lot. But one that I use a lot for content management is Workflowy. And that might seem kind of funny because Basically what Workflowy is, is an online note-taking system. It's nothing fancy. It doesn't like do cool tricks. It doesn't have, you know, it's not a sauna where unicorns fly when you accomplish a lot of things. Um, it's very bare bones, but what I love about Workflowy is that it's bare bones. I can have it on my desktop. There's an app on your phone, so it's totally synced. You can make lists, outlines, just imagine it and you can do it in Workflowy. It's like Microsoft Word and every other text platform ever brought together. You can move things around, you can check things off. And so like, for example, in my Workflowy, I have headings for you know content ideas. And when I open up that heading, it's just like a brain dump of, ideas that I've had over the past several months. Cause every time I listen to a podcast, read a book, read somebody else's blog, watch a video. And I think like, oh, maybe that'd be a good thing to share, you know, with our audience. Maybe I could create a blog post out of this. I'm not going to do it right now. Cause like, that's not what I'm doing right now, but let me go ahead and dump it in my workflowy. So those types of lists and things really help me, um, you know, when I'm in a bind and I'm like, okay, I need to create something and I don't want to just create something to create something. Let me go to my workflowy. Let me look at my content ideas. Let me look at some of the other notes that I have in there. And so it's it's been really big with helping me on the content side. I'm glad you shared that because I have heard of this tool for years and I've tried it and I, I didn't get it. So to hear your use case is so valuable. Now I can see, I mean, that's something that we talk about on my team all the time my clients will say, I don't know what to write about. I don't know. I don't have any ideas. And it's like, the ideas don't come from that moment when you sit down to write. Mm -hmm. They come from your life and they come from, you know, listening, like you were just saying, listening to a podcast or reading an article and having a repository, just that idea of it in and of itself, aside from the whole, you know, organization and crossing things off, that's great too. But even just use it as a repository and have it with you on your phone and your desktop, I can see the value there. 
So thank you for that. Yeah. And thank you for joining us. Um, Kate is awesome, right, guys? I'm I'm so excited to be connected with you. I know anyone that Alyssa knows is immediately like gets a bump in my book, but I'm so <laughs> glad to hear, you know, you were so specific about how you do things, which really shows me that you know what you're doing and you've worked really hard on refining the different processes that you use. And it's shown, I mean, you know, seeing the success of Entrepreneur on Fire, seeing how they've taken user feedback and their and their community's feedback and really made something really, really impactful is amazing. And so thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This has been really awesome. Justin and Alyssa, I really appreciate you guys having me on and thank you for the kind words i'm very grateful for that absolutely and for our listeners if you've managed to knock out all four of these episodes in one binge uh, because this is the start of our fancy little show well, unfortunately, this is the end of the start of show deluge. So links, resources, everything you need to know about what Kate talked about today, including a link to Workflowy, which I can't wait to check out again, uh, will be at themanagingeditorshow.com slash episode four. And if you have questions or ideas to contribute in the future, or if you want to tell us a good joke to put on the air because mine are mostly puns and Josh should probably be saved from that, then uh, you can head over to themanagingeditorshow.com and leave us a voice message or just send us an email at hi at themanagingeditorshow.com. And thank you again so much to Kate Erickson from Entrepreneur on Fire for being on the show for our first ever bonus episode. It was pretty badass. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.